This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chicago. This is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. I am Big Z and I'm here with my co-host, E-Rock. What up, E? What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and uh, hey, give us a review, all that good stuff. You know how it works, so let's get to it. Let's get to it, brother. Man, it's been wild, man. How you been, brother? I'm good, man. Super busy, you know, with softball. Uh, We got uh, travel. We got uh, middle school softball. We got our our house league. So, you know, we're we're just extremely busy. As soon as I leave out of here, it's back to practice again. So you know how that goes, man. I sure do, man. It's been crazy for myself, too. Today was the first day of work. And uh, let me just tell you right now, I am tired. I am not cut out for this work thing. I'm crying. I'm crying virtual tears for you right here in the in the universe right here. That's what I'm doing. Right? Considering the fact that I literally wake up, crack at dawn, right? Go to work all day. Go to pick up uh, my daughter from school after her practice day. Come over here, do this with you, and go to practice seven to nine p.m. and then do it all over the guy uh, tomorrow. I mean, I'm, I'm crying, real big tears here for you, bro. Oh, that's so sweet, man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> all right, all right, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. <laughs> let's talk about the Bulls. Have you heard the latest story about Horace Grant putting up his his championship rings up for auction? I have it. I mean, and it's a surprising thing because with how important he was to that team. I don't think he, he's really hard up for cash unless he's just one of these guys that really didn't make that much money in the 90s. Oh, or I, he's an ambassador for the Bulls, so I know he's getting paid. So I don't know what the, what the deal is because he played seven seasons for the Bulls and he racked up three championships with the team. And then he was selected uh, for the All-Star game in 93-94. Uh, that was that that, that weird year. Um, I mean, it's they're made by Jostings. Obviously, you know that they're size twelve ring, uh, fourteen carats, um, and you know they, they can go for over a hundred thousand dollars a ring. So, I mean, would you buy this if you had a hundred thousand dollars laying around? First of all, I mean, to have a piece of memorabilia like that, it's a one of a kind thing. There's not a, like a, it's Horace Grant was only with the Bulls for the first like couple of championships. So it's not like he had a ton out there. Right. So it's not like, you know, it, it's very, very exclusive. Um, I'm surprised it's only it, it, is his ring a size 12 where it was just for the whole team. They all got the same size. No, I don't think they all got the same size. Those guys have they have different size hands. We know that. We'll produce. Because, I mean, you, you see these mitts right here. That's a size 13 as it is. So I don't know how they're fit the size 12 wow well, i mean i guess yeah, he bro. had skinny you know very long skinny le- uh, fingers i mean some people have like witch fingers i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh we also have news of uh a point guard for the bulls going down you know you heard about this yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate thing to see a brand new member to the team already going down. I mean, they are going to need the backup point guard. Uh, Goran Dragic hurt. I think, wasn't he hurt in like a uh, a playing for his home team? Right, they're playing for the, uh, the the qualifications for his home team for the Olympics or the, yeah, the, one of those tournaments. Yeah, so it's been, it's the crazy. FIBA, yeah. yeah, the FIBA, yeah, it's crazy. These guys all, you know, it could be happening at any time. You can be going up the stairs, have a soft tissue injury, just like, you know, everybody on the White Sox. Um yeah. Or you could trip over a bag and be like Carlos Boozer. There you go. And then you have shoe polish on your head for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the Bulls news. But speaking of basketball, the ladies have been tearing it up, brother. The ladies have been tearing it up. The Chicago Sky 
what 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 can you say about the Chicago Sky before I get into it with you? So I mean, the, the thing is, is that when when they played that first game, I think it was a shocker. The last what thirteen minutes they didn't score, and they were or, uh, I think the, the last quarter they didn't score. They outscored thirteen to zero, I believe, in that final uh, quarter of a game one in the their first round uh, uh, matchup against Liberty. And I mean, they came out on on fire in the second game of that series. They won uh, by the largest margin in WNBA history um, in a playoff game, which just overtook their. Um, their their largest margin, which they scored last year against Phoenix in the finals. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive to see what they've been able to do, being able to bounce back in the brand new format of the first uh, round of the WNBA playoffs. Hey, they came out there, they, they kicked that butt, and they came in and uh, they were able to go ahead and, and win uh, win the next game. And look, I mean, they're, they're moving on to the semis, and it'll be interesting to see if they can climb that mountaintop again and uh, back, uh, repeat as back-to-back champs. Yeah, that's the, one of the toughest things is to, to repeat as a back-to-back champ. It hasn't been done since the 2001-02 Los Angeles Sparks. So um, I have been to three WNBA games in the past uh, month. Uh, you know, I went to, I think, one of the last games. Oh, I went to the, the Commissioner's Cup, and then I went to game one and game two of the playoffs uh, at home, which was amazing. You know, And like you said, like that fourth quarter, the, the sky ran out of gas. You can tell that the starters were just um, out, out gassed, and they, they were shooting air balls, and, and you could see the demeanor. And as much as Candace Parker is, uh, is there as a rah-rah, let me get you guys going, it wasn't enough. The, the, the bench did not score to supplement the starters. Game two was a, a, a an example of how to bounce back and how do you have your, your bench come in and show out. And, you know, I wanted that 50 burger. I wanted I wanted that smack in the face saying, you know what, you guys ain't going to get nothing from us. We're taking this. This is my house. And that's what they did. You know, that didn't get the 50 burger, but they went out there and they showed out because the starters didn't even play the fourth quarter. So when they came to game three, they were nice and fresh. And they came in. They held on to lead uh, all the way through the fourth quarter. It got a little close, a little dicey. I was watching while I was playing bowling yesterday. But, you know, uh, you know, New York was trailing uh, early in the third by three by in the fourth quarter. Uh, Liberty were aiming to try to get that first round upset because it is only a three game series in the first round right. instead of the one and done. So, um, you know, this guy, they just came out and, you know, they punched the girls in the mouth and said, hey, you know, we're not taking this from us. We're, we're trying to go back to back. And I think it was a blessing to get that number two seed and, and a pretty good matchup with New York Liberty uh, as a number seven seed. And now they're going to be waiting for the winner of the Dallas Connecticut game, which is tonight. And that's a best of five series. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really interesting to see what this team has been able to do the last couple of years. The fact that you're looking at an older player like Candace Parker coming home, uh, able to drive this team to a championship last year. They're trying to repeat. I mean, they just gave their coach a new a new deal, a new extension. I mean, right. yeah, it's not. We talked about it on, on the last uh, podcast we did, the, the, the Women in Sports podcast. But I mean... We, we're seeing the development and we're seeing the continuation of development of this program, which hasn't been a long, which hasn't been here since the beginning of the inception of the WNBA. They came along later on. But again, just like I said on the on the podcast, I mean, the thing is, is that anytime you have a, a mecca of basketball like Chicago, have a team that's doing well, it's important for the entire league because you're bringing in new fans and especially in the third largest market in the United States it's important to have a team here in Chicago do well it, it really is and you know what to be honest with you it's um, I mean there was more fans 
for the second home game than there was for the first home game. The first home game was like literally half empty. And there, I, I, I'll be honest with you because a lot of these tickets are given away. They are given to yeah. organizations and, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, just random fans, really. I mean, because my tickets were free for, for uh, all three games that I've been to. But you know what? I'm a fan. I'm going there, and I'm going to cheer on the, the ladies do as much as they can. So I'm, I'm hoping to go um, when they come back and, and you know, because they'll have home field adva- uh, home court advantage versus either one of these teams. So I think, you know, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, pull you by the ear at some point and drag you over there to the Wind Trust Center, sir. First of all, I, I have no qualms about going to see a live game at all, especially when it comes to, like I said, to women's sports. Just it's near and dear to my heart. But look, we have to consider the fact that right now, the defending WA champs are only six wins away from being the, the first team to repeat uh, in, in a long time, in 20 years. So, I mean, this is a critical stage right here. If they can get over the hump, more than likely, like the girls said last time on the show, they're probably going to be facing the uh, Las Vegas Aces, and that's going to be a hell of a matchup. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see this. All right, let's transition to the gridiron. The Chicago Bears have officially released offensive tackle Julian Davenport, fullback Jake Bargas defensive tackle uh, LaCale London corner Bo Peak Keys and surprisingly receiver Daz Newsom. so the, the thing was with Daz Newsom, I mean he had a, a really cool story behind his name Daz Dillinger his, fan, his dad was a fan that's how he got his name uh, but he did have some issues in the first two preseason games he's muffing punts he's not catching so I mean he was injured last season I think he broke his collarbone early on in camp and he really was just on the practice watch most of the year last year. So, I mean, like, it's it's kind of a shame. He is a very talented whiteout. I expect him to latch on with another team, get a fresh chance to, uh, to start. Because, I mean, I, I think he is a valuable piece. But when you're in a position like the Bears are, you're looking for whatever you can get to move yourself forward. And a guy that would be on the back end of a roster of a good team, if you're going to have to be forced into putting him into action as a critical piece of what you're trying to do with your team, you're seeing Ryan Poles right now put his foot down. He's not afraid to get rid of guys that he did not draft, right? He's only had one draft class so far. We're hoping to see what's gonna what's gonna happen with a guy like Tevin Jenkins. I think he has faith in someone like Justin Fields, as we saw when we went to the camp uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a guy like uh, um, like Tevin Jenkins, he's on the hot seat right now because again, he is not a, a guy that was drafted by Ryan Poles. They're trying to figure out the best five uh, starting uh, lineup for their offensive line right now. Someone. They need all the all five positions to be able to stand up to the opposition and protect Justin Fields because even though he is also not a guy drafted by this regime, he's a critical piece. If they can't see some progression out of him this year, they're going to be looking back to the draft next season to see who they can pull in to compete for a starting position of the of the. Uh, quarterback position for the Bears. That's funny you say that because I was listening to the radio on the way home from work and I can't remember what the reporter was or this guy, this notable reporter or NFL expert was talking about where the uh, they don't they don't really have a lot of faith. This uh, this administration, uh, the GM and so forth, do not have a lot of faith in Justin Fields, according to that source, and that if you know they end up in the top ten, let's say they get you know they'll probably up with a, end up with a six pick, they'll be going for a quarterback. And that'll be end of the field uh, era. 
Do you do you really think that's that's the case? I, I mean, I, honestly, you're talking about a guy who was highly touted coming out of high school, highly touted coming out of college. I mean, he he played one year at Georgia where he was behind Jake Fromm, and he just he couldn't latch on because he was behind someone. He went over to Ohio State. He had pretty good success over there. So, I mean, I, I think the stigma with quarterbacks from Ohio State is that they do not do well in the NFL. I think a guy like Justin Fields, he's very even keeled. You never see him get up or get down too far. And I think this is the type of personality that you need on a team that we figure is going to struggle going into the season. Um, looking at what the uh, ESPN put the numbers and, the, and the, the rosters into their computer, and they came out saying that the Bears would be the worst roster in the NFL. Yep. Now, when we look at all the talent positions, they may be true, but we're seeing, uh, like I said, a change in attitude, a change in tradition. Um, everything that we saw with Matt Nagy when he came on in 2018 and when he, they did well with that first season with Club Dub and everyone getting geeked up, we're seeing a lot of those players being moved on from because they did not have the type of sustained success that they were looking for and they've had to move on. Not only from that regime, but also a lot of these older players, Khalil Mack getting traded, Hicks not being retained. Um, now we're looking at this situation with Roquan Smith representing himself, looking for a new deal, and he's betting on himself now. He came out, he came out the last day of practice, uh, uh, the last day of camp, decided, you know what? It, it is what it is. Season's coming up. I need to get at least one preseason game in, and he's going to be playing in the next preseason game against the Browns. Yeah, he is going to be playing, and he is going to be betting on himself. Now, the thing is that he has to play to get the service time for his uh, pension and so forth. But, you know, the other the other side of the coin is that the Bears can franchise him at the end of the year. So he's not te- technically gone. So, you know, again, with sound of kind of the contrarious thing where it's like he's a really good player, he's a cornerstone, and he's a fan favorite. Do we keep him or do we maximize our assets because our team is not going to be good and flip him for something else? I mean, the thing is, is that if, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be switching back to a 4-3 defense this upcoming season. So a guy like Roquan Smith, uh, he'll probably be the, the Mike linebacker. It's going to be important for him to be able to develop more in this season. He's came out and said that, you know, yeah, I've been busting my butt for the for the team for the last couple of years. I feel like I deserve more of a pay. And, and I don't disagree with the concept that, yeah, if you're you're. I want you to pay me for what talent you see in me. But at the same time, he's looking for like Fred Warner type money. Right. He's looking for top of the line top money. Yep. And he's looking for Shaquille Leonard type money. And these players, when we look at the stats over the last couple of years, he doesn't have the interceptions. He doesn't have the, the pass breakups that they do. And the, the other thing is, is that when you represent yourself, you can get your feelings hurt, which he clearly has yep. when he's gone through these negotiations. This is why you have an agent. So when the, when the media and, and the press and your coaches even mention it to you, hey, that's not what I do. I, I'm, I came here to play. You talk to my agent when you talk about that. I will say the impressive thing that I've seen about uh, from the new coach, uh, Eberflus, is that when they've talked to him about Roquan Smith, he says, I love having him here. I want him here as a player. He has not talked about the contract whatsoever. That's he not has his been job. very professional and kept it to to football and that's what he should be doing right. that's not his lane he's there to coach the players and he wants that player he's a good player i want him on my team he's a great player right. that's what i'm going to talk about the contract stuff hey you talk to the man upstairs that is not my lane that's exactly what right. he should be doing same thing with roquan go get a dude at this point go get an agent a really good one you know get out of drew rollinson house or whoever it is on the football side that's really good and have that man or woman take care of business for you and so that you can play uh, football and not be distracted by this contract situation 
Right. He needs to he needs to focus on being a football player and being the best possible football player he can for the Chicago Bears. I mean, he, it, we met him the other day when we went to the training camp right. and he was a super nice guy. I mean, oh, like, yeah. he was a very hospitable, very well spoken. He made sure that he took out the time to talk to every child. He asked, where are you from? What's your name? Uh, hey, can I get an autograph? Oh, only if you tell me your name and take a picture with everyone. He took a picture with, a, with our goofy mugs right next to him as we're leaning in. <laughs> Looked like we're trying to like take a bite out of his ear like we're Mike Tyson or something like that. But I mean, look, I, I, I'm very impressed at what he's been able to do. We know that he had the contract dispute coming into the league as a rookie because he didn't like some of the wording in the contract when it came to right. the helmet to helmet stuff that was going on at that time. Right. And we've seen, even if you watch Hard Knocks or even when, like I said, when we were at the camp, you see that mushroom helmet that they got on top mm-hmm. of the other helmet. Yep. And that's mostly for linemen, uh, linebackers, and I want to say maybe running backs. I don't remember. There was three positions that they said it's specifically that take the most collisions. But let me let me ask you this. For me, it was my first time going to a Bears training camp, seeing Hallisall, seeing the facility, going to the Walter Payton Center. What did you think about that? Dude, yeah, I was blown away at how organized that 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 situation is, really. And it is kind of like Soldier Field, where you have to walk a mile to get to the, your final destination. But I loved how they rotated the different or uh, uh, the linebackers, the safeties, the running backs, the, you know, the quarterbacks. All the positions were rotated during the drills, and then when they started uh, actually practicing, you know, they, they started at the 30-yard line and moved forward. Um, so that way, everyone kind of gets a vantage point of, of, of everything that's going on. I was blown away at how organized and how um, how nice everybody was, really, you know, because some people, you know, kind of get overzealous, like, oh, you know, these are my seats, you know, it's a free event, guys. Come on, relax. It's not a big deal. Um, but uh, the way that the players interacted with the fans, it was, you know, first class, first class. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the players that did come along and, and sign autographs. Like I said, for anyone that wanted it, they signed anything you wanted. I mean, like, you know, I, I almost pulled out the left side right here because, you know, it's the bigger one. And I wanted to have him sign me right here and I would have got a tattoo, you know, so that's how that would have went. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe next time I go, I won't wear a bra, so it'll be easy to access. But look, I, I'll tell you what, I, I want to give a shout out to our guy, uh, DJJ Fonsa out there doing his thing. I mean, it was really cool to see him. If, if you haven't checked out the video either, I had a very interesting interaction with uh, with the mascot Staley, oh, my long lost twin brother. Uh, he he, he found it very funny to, to uh, play with the, the fur on my face here, the beard, and he touches on, hey, you're just like me. So that was really cool. Just in general, the interaction, I think a lot of these guys that do uh, um, the, the team activities with, with the, the fans that come out, you see the same guys at the Chicago Sky, at the Bulls, at the Bears. I mean, they do a really good job, and they're really good at what they do. So, I mean, uh, shout out to them. Shout out to uh, our, our boy Jay Funk. And uh, look, I, I got to say, it was a very, very cool experience. I, I appreciate uh, appreciate you for, for thinking about me uh, when we're going up there. And uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. Look, we got we got all the magnets we can handle. I mean, That's I got right. a bunch of these I've been handing out. So, look, I mean, it was just it was it was a first class. Uh, First class organization, first class uh, um, experience, and, and I was uh, very glad. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, want to go back and actually, you know, I, you know, because I always always see people going. I'm like, eh, it's just practice, and then now I see why people go. It, it's a great right. experience. Um, it, it's it, an intimate experience. It is. It is. You get closer there than you know uh, than you would at the game. Or, or you don't have to do you know to pay the fifty dollars for a signing ball or something right. like that. You actually have an, a, a legit opportunity to get something signed. And then, you know there is those guys that you know they bring multiple items like, and they're trying to push their way. And it's like no, let the kids go first, guys. And then everybody right. there will be like you know get out of the way, let the kid go first. And that's great. That's what I love the, uh, about what happened there. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15-15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Um, so I want to transition over to the White Sox, the MLB team that plays on the South Side. Uh, yeah, every every person on that team, it looks like it's going down like flies. You know, they're they're everyone's on the IL at this point. I mean, you can probably put you know the the announcers who haven't been on the IL at all. That's probably the only person, the uh, people that haven't been on the IL for the White Sox. Um, you got Tim Anderson still nursing that. Uh, that uh, that surgery, he's out four to six weeks. He'll probably be back at the end of September. Yeah, Larry Garcia, Larry, he'll be he should be back uh, this week um, from his ten day uh, stint. You have Grandal going down with another knee strain. Uh, Kopech, another knee strain. Now this is the one I want to talk to you about because Kopech was um, warming up and uh, looked like he strained his knee. He was grimacing. He was in pain. Uh, he continued to warm up. He told he told the uh, you know uh, TLR that he's okay to go. That I, he wanted to power through it. And uh, TLR for the one one and only time listened to his player that uh, he can go. And uh, he ended up giving up four runs in the first inning. And his uh, velocity was down about eight or nine miles an hour. So uh, what do you think about this? You know, letting Kopech go uh, as, as as TLR did. I just I, I don't understand how you get a guy that's injured uh, before the game and he says you know what you're good to go I I have been as a Cubs fan clearly as a Cubs fan I have been frustrated with TLR all season I've made no qualms about that I I had no I would have no problem if even today that they got rid of him I mean it's it's absolutely ridiculous you're talking about a team that had so much talent going into this season and yes they've had injuries left and right but that was supposed to be fixed when he brought in new training staff right but every single player on this roster has been hurt at some point it feels like I mean up and down your catcher your your all of your pitching staff it's been absolutely incredible to watch the the, the regression of this team from last year right because I mean you, when you're looking at the fact that no one on this team is hitting home runs, how is that even possible? Yeah, we're you single guys machine. You have guys like Abreu and Mancada and Elo who can't stay healthy and Lubav who can't stay healthy. How is it possible that a team like this, built the way they are, cannot hit a home run to save their life? It's absolutely ridiculous the way that they're set up. The fact that they let TLR just sit there and fall asleep in the dugout you know, it's 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 an embarrassment as a Chicago baseball fan and not just me digging at the White Sox. I was looking forward to having a good season, watching good baseball, seeing how they were going to contend against a team like the Guardians, who no one expected much from, seeing how they were going to contend against the, the Twins with their brand new toy with Carlos Correa. And they have not held up their end of the bargain. They should have been running away with this division, and they're barely treading water. Yeah, they're barely treading water. And then you got Eloy, who got hit by a pitch on the elbow. Okay, that's when a player does come out right that's an injury that that you're like oh my god you know 
let's let's take him away. Um, not when he swings and like, oh, I tweaked my knee. I don't think I don't I don't feel good in your day to day. That's the BS I'm talking about. Where Lewis is like, oh yeah, you can come out just because you swung and it hurt a little bit or just you have discomfort. Kopech, hey, you need a, a pitcher. You can't push off. You don't have velocity. Yeah, you pull that person. That's who you pull. Not not Eloy. Eloy gets in the in the elbow. Okay, that's fine. You move him. He's not a. He can't play defense anyways, and his bat has been okay. What's bothering me is that we have forty games, and they're gonna play five hundred ball all the way through these 40 games and it's not going to be enough and i'm going to be super excited and super happy that this team has fallen flat on his face because it's been a disappointment from from the start of the season all the way through right now because you have an, uh, an owner that, that that tried to write a wrong from 40 years ago it's not working out you have a yep. gm that you've neutered because you you took the you know, the coaching higher away from him, you you weren't so he hasn't been making any moves that that are really going to help the team because he's like hey, as long as this guy's coaching, I can't have my guys there. But at the same time, remember he made all these trades, he made all these draft picks, he's uh, signed all these players. So the the issue is, we were we were made that we made a trade for the for a, a, a sale right. We traded sale away six years ago. That's when the rebuild started. Yep. And we were touted about, oh, Lou Bob is coming, and 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 Eloy, and, and you know, Nikki Two Strikes, and Moncada. They're all gonna come up, and when they all come up, they're gonna be fantastic. And it hasn't happened. I, and my biggest thing, it has been that way for a while. Was what is going on? Moncada, yes, he had COVID. Yes, he showed effects from having COVID, not being able to recover the way that a professional athlete should be able to recover. Yes, COVID took. A, a big toll on a lot of different people. But I mean, I don't understand. Is is that still bothering him? Or is he just not trying hard? He's not interested. That's my, that's my biggest gripe with a guy like that. You're supposed to be a good player. Right. You're a big, strong kid. And I mean, you go up and down. I mean, TA is even hurt right now. Yo-Yo is not getting it done. No. No, I mean, he had a little hot streak this past week. We had a hit a couple of home runs. But let me put it to you in, in perspective. Uh, uh, Albert... Uh, Albert Pujols has seven home runs in the past week. The White Sox have six. Yeah, and I mean, it's incredible when you see what he's been able to do considering the fact that this is literally his last chance for romance, right? He's getting down the pipeline. You're having everyone celebrate him and not celebrating Miguel Carrera, which is a damn shame. Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing what's going on and the fact that uh, the fact that Pools is sitting there just reminding you what, how great he is every time he gets on there. I mean, hell, when the when the Cubs played the Cardinals in game one of the series that they're currently in right now, they, they won off of the uh, one run, a one run game one and nothing and based on the one home run he hit in the eighth yeah. inning yeah. so he's showing you that he's still valuable despite the time that he spent over in los angeles stealing money from them oh yeah it's nice to see him as a Cubs fan it's nice to see him return to the cardinals do his thing but it's a damn shame that a guy that's like 42 years old is out there <laughs> hitting more home runs than this entire organization yeah. whose average age is what 26 uh, it's well, incredible yeah yeah the average age did, did jump up because they signed up elvis andrews uh but look we have baltimore right now arizona coming up at home kansas city at home and then we go to minnesota i believe those are four important series that you can easily jump on because Brian Buxton's out of Minnesota, Kansas City's, they're but not. That, but here's the thing: yeah. does that matter? Because I talked a long time about how July would be the month yeah. that would make uh, make it or break it from the White Sox. Yeah. And all they did is what they've done all year is tread water. Yep. They are not moving forward. They're sitting there just 
doggy paddling. By now, you should be doing backstrokes around the entire AL Central, and you just can't figure it out. And again, like I said, I'm not just dogging you because I'm a Cubs fan. I'm dogging you because I know this team should be better, and it's not. It, it definitely should be better, and you know what? It goes from, like I said, the GM, the coaches, the training staff, the scouts, and most of the players. I mean, it, it really just literally lands on the players at this point because – Without without a coach, I still think this this uh, team is 500, even with no yes. coaching. And you know what? If with a good coaching, there's probably a 10 game uh, difference. But the players are not putting up. The only guy I see really hustling is Abreu. That's the and he's got bad legs. He's playing hurt. And you know the, the funny thing is, is that you know one one thing we did here recently was about Liam Hendrick coming out and talking about the leadership committee. Um, how about you know the, the the older players in the team, the veterans on the team are supposed to be the leaders, and they're supposed to be the ones encouraging the the young guys. Where I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they had a players only meeting without TLR in there. Yeah. And here's the thing: even if he was there, he wouldn't know he was there in the first place. So what the hell is the difference? <laughs> you know, you could have had him there, and he would have said he, he's like that. That. Uh, um, that, that one kid that, that passed away and they just kind of propped him up in the chair, right? He's they just pretty, propped him up at in there. He's weakened at Bernie's. Right? It's weekend at Bernie's every damn time they take the field. And it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. And, and, and the number one thing that they need to do in this offseason is to find someone that can lead this young team of players, preferably someone who is uh, uh, of Latin descent, right? It, uh, we keep hearing about Isaac Guillen wanting to put his foot back in the door. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they definitely need so. someone uh, that shares the culture with these players to get them excited about coming to the ballpark every day because it feels like they're going through the motions and not trying at all. They just uh, went out there and expected to, to walk away to Central, and they just really didn't do that, and, and it's a shame. This is this is the point where I say uh, I miss Ricky Renteria. Did you ever think in your life you would say those words out loud no. in, in, in public on camera where people can hear you say those no, no, words? No, no. Now, it, now it's on, on file, so I can't say that. All right. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I know your time is limited, but can you uh, – anything about the Cubs right now? Because I know they've been playing a pretty good baseball. They do have the lowest ERA in baseball since the, uh, the All-Star break. They're playing good baseball. Uh, they don't have the talent I'll level, but look, they're playing I, I, good. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what about the Cubs. I mean, uh, you know – we know that we knew. I think we knew this season was going to be a wash. We weren't expecting a lot. We really didn't know uh, what was going to happen as far as looking at a guy like Ian Happ. Ian Happ has really emerged this season, uh, and he's and he's come out on top, being an All Star. Considering the fact that just what two years ago he was sent down to the minors mid season because he wasn't getting it done. Right. We're looking at this season right here. We knew it was going to be a transitional year, and I and I said it early on, and I said it before the season started. This is a team that's going to smack some people in the mouth. And that's exactly what they've done. Yes, they've definitely taken their lumps. They're playing all rookies half the time. You look at Adrian Sampson. You look at a lot of these guys that are out there, Velasquez. There are players out there that are just babies. They're just getting used to this. And one thing I want you guys to remember is the fact that in the 2020 season, there was no minor league baseball. Right. So a lot of these guys that are coming up and playing as rookies right now, Christopher Morell, for another example, they missed an entire season of baseball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So while, while, yes, it was only a 60-game season for the Vets, they missed an entire season of baseball. There was no double-A or single-A or triple-A. It was just them at home with their thoughts doing one of these right there, keeping their <laughs> mask on, right? So, I mean, considering the fact that you're looking at some of the exciting young players around this team, I think that we have a lot to look forward to. But one of the main things is Hendricks is out for the season right now. Right. Yes, it's the end of the season. 
He needs to get himself right up for Levy as like a shoulder strain or something like that. Um, the fact that Contreras did not get traded is very interesting because it tells me that you're you're planning on having him around. To me, that's what that means. Hey, we know you love being here. We want you here. Yes, we could have probably gotten a haul from you, but we also don't want to leave a sour taste in your mouth. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they do the right thing by him, bring him back, give him a, an extension, let him guide this young pitching staff to the next generation of great Cubs baseball. Let's go on another five-year five, uh, five year streak of making the playoffs, three years in a row with the NLCS. And I'll tell you what, when you look at the players they didn't sign, when you look at the players they didn't sign, Korea. Javi Baez going to Detroit, not having a good season. Chris Bryant going to Colorado, not having a good season. Out of all the players that we've seen, Schwarber has been okay. Schwarber but Rizzo has been the, the, the player that has played really well for the Yankees. Rizzo's Him been and consistent. Aaron, Rizzo's been that, consistent, and that's always that's Rizzo. Rizzo's always yeah, been and that, consistent. Yeah, and that's Rizzo. So I mean, for considering the fact that you're talking about a guy that was in the started out in the Red Sox organization, he is doing a damn good job for the Yankees. I'm very happy for him. Uh, I, I, I will say to the fans that were like, like complaining about the fact that they didn't uh, find a way to keep Baez and Bryant. What are they doing for you? What is it? What would have been the outcome if they stayed on the team right here? Just a bunch of money. Now you got to sit on it. They, they've already uh, uh, told Jason Hayward, hey, you're done for this year. Yep. I think it was kind of crappy they didn't at least birthday. include him in the Field of Dreams game. That That's something that, that we touched on a little bit. That was that was bad. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, I, I think they have a lot of players that they can look forward to playing well in, in, in the future. I think the Fran Mill Reyes pickup was phenomenal for a team like this where, hey, let's just take a chance. And he's been very good for them. He, I think he uh, his first eight games he had uh, – at least every game he had a, a, at least a, a double or better. I mean, hell, he even pitched the other night. So, I mean, <laughs> this is a guy, you know what I mean? It was it was kind of cool to see him actually. He got a strikeout. Uh, but, I mean, look, I, I think the Cubs are, are, are on the right path. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in this offseason because there is a lot of players out there. They, uh, The Ricketts family and, and uh, Jed Hoyer have come out and said they're going to be aggressive in free agency. We kind of heard some of that last year, but I also think that they wanted to kind of take a break after uh, letting a lot of these key players go, seeing what, what you have in the farm system right now. Uh, guys like Pete Crow Armstrong have been playing well. Uh, uh, Mandrigal's actually been pretty decent, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see with the pieces that they've picked up, um, with the pieces that, that they've let go, what the team's going to look like next year because you have to mix in a lot of these young guys. Like I said, Christopher Morrell, Fran Mill Reyes is a built-in DH for next season. We're going to see what's going to go on with Hendricks. Uh, Keegan Thompson is another guy. Up and down the lineup, who is going to be here next year? We know Hendricks is out. Who is not going to be here? You can count on Hap being around. You can count on, uh, um, of, of course, <laughs> Hendricks coming back. There's going to be a lot of interesting movement in this offseason. Yeah, I, and I, on that note, I do want to talk next week with you on the future of the Cubs. And I have a couple ideas. The Sox fan has a couple ideas on how to better your team. Because, yes, I am watching both teams because your team is a little bit more entertaining right now than my team. I think I think since the All-Star break, the, the Cubs have a better record than the Yankees. So take that as you will. Someone's mm. like, what's the relevance in that? I said, well, the relevance is, is that this is a team that was never expected to do anything. And the fact that they came out after the All-Star break and been kicking butt. Yeah. I mean, I think they won five series in a row against against contenders. bad teams and good teams yeah. against contenders. They're playing their spoiler role to a T. Right. What you got to do next year is come out and, and play. And build on that. Don't play spoiler. 
play strong starting from the beginning right. and get your ass out there and do your thing. Yeah, it, you know what? I think the Orioles and the Cubs next year are going to be a problem for both sides of, 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 well, of you know, MLB. Well, next year, every team's going to play everybody anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, a new, that's awesome. I, I, I love I, it. That is really cool that the way that they finally, because you got the interleague play, you got both both leagues at the DH now. It is kind of, it is pretty cool to know they, they're going to play every single team, whether it's a one game series, two game series. Yeah. I, I will say the, the one thing they really need to do next season is to make sure that, I mean, and I didn't look at the schedule yet. If they didn't do this, then it's a shame. To have the Cubs and the Sox play a real series and says it's two game nonsense no, in, in the beginning it, of the it's, season. It's still There's the two no game value nonsense. to playing that early in the season. You want to see through these two teams the cross town classic when it means something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. Thank you for listening and watching us. Woohoo! I said watching. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, hey, it'll be a blast. We'll be back to do this uh, as, as much as possible. And don't forget to check out the uh, the podcast. We just talked about the state of women's sports uh, with our with our guests, and it was a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing a lot more specialized topic on the podcast. We'll come out here. We'll talk to you about the, the, the more current uh, stories and uh you know, see what we're going to do. We should have uh, our boy Il Brown talk some Bears with us soon. And uh, I'm looking forward to the upcoming Bears season. Yeah. What's up? I'm, I'm looking I'm looking to be disappointed about the Bears season. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they got. I'm looking. I'm approaching this Bears season the same way I approached the Cubs season. Yeah. They, I, I feel like they have potential to, to kind of smack some guys in the mouth. Game one against the 49ers. Uh, uh, that is a good team defensively. And there is offensive weapons on that team. But again, you're playing a guy, you're going to play against Trey Lance, who was essentially a rookie because mm. he did not play last season with Jimmy G in the way. Right. Now you got to, yes, you have a second year player on both sides with Justin Fields. But again, it's like a rookie because you're starting a brand new, uh, a brand new uh, system, yeah, right? Yeah, so system. it'll be interesting. Anyway, once again, thank you so much for, uh, for watching, for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors. 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Great Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to greatclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search your keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TRUEFAN15. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We will see you next week on The Loop. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Swish! A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.